right, guys. Um, welcome back to the More Simple Podcast, and I am the host Mo. Today, I'm excited to um, bring Yinka back on the show. This is episode two in our sex talk series. The first part of the conversation, we just talked about, you know, defining sex, the misconceptions, and some tips for newlyweds, and um, the importance of communication and um, expressing expectations within in, in sex. So today we'll be talking about the biblical perspectives on sex, and she's no stranger to the show. You all know her as Inka, but she's Ola Inka Fibalaka. She is amongst many things. She's a sex and a um, team coach. She's also an events manager. She works for Kala Nigeria Investment Advisors, and she has her own events management company. Her goal is to be a force to reckon with within her generation to impact them. And she also have, has a very tender spot for teenagers. So everyone join me welcoming Inka back to the show. Welcome. Inka, I wonder what we're going to be talking about today. I wonder what that topic is really today. <laughs> Let me cover my ears. Why is still the pain? <laughs> so, um, the first episode we had, what we talked about, just you know, the Bible and sex, we're very clear as to what the Bible says about sex. In that, it's 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 wholesome, it's allowed, and whatever the parameters of the definition of the parameters of what's allowable is not well, you know, defined in the Bible. I think I miss I screwed that up. The defining parameters as to what's allowable within sex in a marriage, the Bible leaves that to our imagination. So it still boils down to communication, you know, within um, partners. Some people deal with due to like um, physical limitations, they're not able to do certain kinds of uh, sexual positions. So it's about communicating with your spouse, like, oh, I don't like that, or that doesn't make me mm-hmm. feel good. Can you touch me here better and things like mm-hmm. that. So you define what you know is allowable. But today I wanted to just take it back. So we we talked about in in the first episode we talked about just the cultural, I guess, misconceptions or the inf- impact of culture on forming a lot of what a lot a lot of what uh, what most of us know about sex. And now I'd like to take it back to the Bible. So um, I'm curious to know, and I know you probably have a whole book on this. You could probably write a whole book on on this. So Yinka, what do you think the Bible has to say about us? What is God's view on sex? Somebody said, mm. Mm. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> because I'm like, what's the, oh my goodness. Okay, so I want, I want us to go back to the scripture. And so the scripture that came to my mind, even as you are asking the question is Genesis mm. 1. Genesis 131. Please permit me to read. Mm. So I'm reading from Easy Read Version. It said, God looked at everything he had made. And he saw that everything was very good. I'll read that again. God looked at everything he had made. And he saw that everything was very good. I'm just going to link it up with Genesis 4 verse 1. Please just follow me. Follow me as I follow Christ. That's Paul. Easy to read version. said, Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve. I'll leave it there. So... What's God's view about sex? It is a good thing. So maybe you're newly married and you're a church girl. You can write it out on a plaque and put it on your table, on your console at home, 
or just paste it on your wall, your bedroom wall, and say sex is a good thing. Sex was originated by God. Sex, if you listen to the first episode, if you haven't, please go back. Sex is a gift from God. I say this. Mo, how many how many senses do we have? Um, they say five, but I think it's more than that. <laughs> so let's go with the basics. Mention yes. them for me, please. Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm I'm back in school again. So um <laughs> <laughs> so let's start. There is um the sense of sight, right? There is a sense of smell, there is a sense of hearing, there's a sense of taste, and there's a sense of touch. Yes. So if you were at the conference last year, it's S3T2. So for yes. you to just know, it, we are created as sensual and sexual beings. So in your mind, you're thinking, so when you have sexual urges or you, you're thinking about sex, you're saying, ah, can God create it? Yes, God created it. And do not forget, God, everything that God created, he said it is good. So I want you to just picture this. When God was talking about our relationship with him, he said, we are what? The bride. And he's what? The bridegroom. bridegroom. Mm-hmm. When he wants to compare our relationship with God, he, he always compares it with a man and a woman. So he places emphasis on the intimacy. He's trying to show us how we're supposed to be intimate with one another. That is why he created a man and a female and put them together so that they can replicate what is supposed to be in heaven, quote and unquote. What the kind of relationship you're supposed to have with God. He replicated it in the institution of marriage. He replicates. And so, for instance, when you are married, if you do not consummate the marriage, the marriage is null and void. So what makes, quote, sorry about my English, what makes like the foundation for a marriage, especially the Christian marriage, is the consummation. When you are consummated, you can now say, fine, they pronounced you husband and wife. But if there's no consummation in the next six months, you can go back and they can nullify that marriage. So you can go back to being single. But what gives us that notarization, that that marking is because there is sex involved. What's the view of God about sex? It's a gift from God. It is a good thing. It is used to describe the kind of relationship we're supposed to have with God. And like I always say, in marriage, I don't like to call it sex. I like to call it lovemaking. It is, it is more intimate that way than just having sex. I hope I answered. Wow, wow. Um, I think what you just talked about now reminds me of what Paul David Tripp said. I don't know if you know him. He wrote a book and it was um, Sex and Money, um, Pleasures mm-hmm. That Leave You Empty and Grace That Satisfies. And mm-hmm. And those two topics, he talked about just how the enemy, the devil, is that to attack a lot of Christian homes. And something he said I like to um, recall, he said, sex is not an a-religious thing. Sex is deeply spiritual. Your relationship to your sexuality and the sexuality of others will always reveal your heart. Your sexual life will always be an expression of what you truly worship. Sex is deeply religious. In, In sex, you are Either you are self-consciously submitting to God or you are setting yourself up as God. 
sex is not just a human thing it's never just a horizontal thing sex no. is always connecting you to the god who created your body who yes. gives you eyes to see and your heart that desires and who tells you how you are to steward this aspect of your personhood mm-hmm. and i think you just you so what you just said made me you know um bring that quote back to life and okay. i think for a lot of us we don't really get to know about that in the beginning you know like this sex being a form of worship i won't like to you i probably learned in the past you know three or four years you know it, it just it was just something you could check like a checklist on you know you wanna you know there's an intimacy that you get when you you know have sex with your spouse because you can always tell that you're almost like you're replenishing the oil even when you fight sometimes you're like okay I think, I, at least i still like you you know the back of back of your mind understands the implication of sex either you're having it or not and how that can impact the quality of a relationship but mm-hmm. as a form of worship and that really really broke me down and it wasn't until i, I mean when i even when i learned about sex as a worship it wasn't until when we had that conference and i remember pastor femiola and he talked about how the pride we have you know like when you're like how we tend to sometimes use sex as a way to punish or yes you know, as a tool and i think you even mentioned it as well like you know um you you want to be stingy about things selfish about things use that to manipulate mm-hmm. and it really spoke to me because you know i i've had you know a lot of weaknesses in that area and if i'm not emotionally connected to you i'm not even in the mood to have sex with you and it becomes like it's it's, it's extinguishing like watch worship you know we're all supposed to be at this temple and i'm saying i don't want to go anymore so i just wanted to ask you about what are some of the ways um married people can begin to emphasize that point of worship when it comes to sex because i feel like if you always remember that when you do this with your spouse fine there's the happiness and the excitement that comes out of it like you're high on endorphins you know you feel so high and like like you're high on dope but there's also a worship component it's like together you're almost like connected to the creator how can we remind spouses on how to like maximize on this aspect of their conjugal benefits okay so i always say that um, and it's in the scripture as a man thinks and his heart so easy uh, in the in those uh, first episode we mentioned something about you become what you are consuming so you must say to yourself that this is what god has implant for me. Mm. What do I mean? The Bible said seek ye first the kingdom of God. So put Jesus. It's like it said focusing on Jesus. The question would be if Jesus were to be in this marriage, how will he take sex? Like I said, people usually pray about every other thing and exclude sex. Guess what? God is interested in your sex life. He's interested in you having a fulfilling and enjoyable sex life. He's not saying that that is not part of your life. Sex is a major part of your life, especially as a Christian person that is married. So how do you get that consciousness? You can begin by confessing to yourself. We create confessions in that area. Create a confession to yourself and say, this is what God has created about sex. I am created according to the image of God. That means the capacity to worship God is on the inside of me. Every individual, every human being is looking for that they will worship. So some of us are feeling it with the wrong things. But because you and I know the way, the truth and the life, who is in the person of Jesus Christ, it is very simple for us to say, you know what, God? I have had the wrong picture about sex. But because I know you and because 
I, I know what I get from worshiping you. There's a trend now that the more we worship God, the more we become. And it's not a trend, it's the truth. So you're saying, oh, so I tell people, love making actually reduces the stress at home. It reduces the tension. Um, get what I'm saying? It's not, I did not say sex. A lot of couples have sex and there's no intimacy. They're just like, ah, let's do it. Let's mark it off our register. I'm not saying do that. I'm saying be intentional. That's what I'm looking for. So from, from the moment you wake up, you're like, Jesus is here. Jesus is the number three of this marriage. I am going to make it work. Sex is part of what makes it work. Love making is part of what makes it work confession this is who i am in christ the bible says that the love of god has been shed abroad in our hearts so the capacity to love your spouse and like him dwells on the inside of you what do you need to connect to the source the source that owns your spouse the source that owns you it makes love making very easy because i tell people i am a mere coach the best teacher is the holy spirit so you still have to communicate with the holy spirit at all times at all times, it's, I tell Christianity is hard. I'm sorry, yeah? But you have to do a continuous reminder to yourself that this is worship. This is how we get to become one flesh. Literally, you become one flesh. Why don't you want to do it? Because the enemy knows that if you have it more often, then the bedroom talk, you know, you can, you can sort things out. And I tell people, because it's spiritual, there are things that you are praying for, maybe about your spouse. There are things that he is praying for. Things happen when you make love. So for instance, if I'm a very patient person from the other side. So for instance, if I'm married to somebody that is patient, because we are we are participating, you know, in lovemaking process, before I know what is happening, I begin to take from him. And I be, why do you think people become, they look alike after a while <laughs> when they are married? <laughs> Because there are, there's an exchange, both physically and spiritually. So why don't you want to do that and just make your life better? Mm. So that, that's it for me. Well, Making I mean, a conscious effort, be intentional. It's like mm. you're cooking a meal. Be intentional, that's the word. You have to be intentional. Like you're intentional about your career. You're intentional about uh, intentional about the, ch- um, the, sc- the school your children are attending. You have to be intentional about creating a worship experience, you know, with your husband and actually worshiping God. Wow. Thank you for that reminder. And I, and I, I like how you said to go back to the source. You know, um, when it's hard for you to say you... I mean, you love your spouse, but some days where it's so hard that you don't feel like connecting, take it back to the source. And I think it's a sober reminder that, fine, we go through a lot of stuff as human beings, but there's always something that is powerful and more, I guess, um, constant and stable. And that's the divine mm-hmm. presence of God. So taking it back yes. to God through the way of the Holy Spirit to energize it. And as you were saying, you reminded me of something that I read from John Piper, who, you know, is one of my favorite um Christian theologian, theologian is a married couple gives a severe blow to the head of the ancient serpent, which is the devil, when they yeah. aim to give as much sexual satisfaction to yes. each other as possible. Think about it. Before you get married, you cannot get your hands off of each other. I would say when you're married, it's like, ah, sex again. Like, ah, I haven't had you in advance. You know, why is that? Why is that? Why is that outside of marriage? And some, some marriages don't suffer from this ailment as far as, you know, epileptic sex life but outside of marriage for the most part 
it's almost like you know stolen waters it's just so sweet you want to explore ah you know you want to try new things but you know marriage enters the place now it becomes like stiffness syndrome and then you're not able to like you know go that far the devil knows that you know and he attacks that and let you to have a lot of reasons not to want to engage something you know so let me tell you let me give you an example let's be real here because i promise this maybe when someone my husband cheated where ah you know what today's that let's you know tonight tonight and let's believe it just be a minute to the thing happening he will say something or something will just pop out i'll be like i'm not hungry in the mood like legit like not even like something pets you something i'll just turn maybe it's even something small but the way you have to receive it you know and some of that speaks to the place of pride like you're making it like you have you you have you are the one that can determine whether this happens or not and for the most part you should have that autonomy in marriage but when you use that constantly as a way to get out of that conjugal experience then you become selfish and i still have a lot growing in that area because i always tell my spouse that i i i, I strongly believe that for women we want to feel close before sex and for men they feel close after sex there's always a build up for women and not all women are like that so this is just you know me trying to put a, a blanket statement out there is for women it's almost like an emotional connection and it's hard sometimes to have that tank really full so which brings us back to the next question given what we know about the difference between men and women you know and like i said earlier like you know for men they feel the few um close before after sex and then women <laughs> feel close before sex how do we as um i guess spouses and i hope that not just women are the ones listening to this podcast because it should just be like the whole thing of you know women will go and do all the conferences and come back home um how do we i guess um it still goes back to communication i guess i, I and even as, asking this question i feel like i'm going to answer it myself i just want like how do we maximize that communication given the differences in sexes yes that's my question let me put it that how way how do you maximize communication given the differences um, yeah communication that can lead to you know enjoying the conjugal bliss given the differences in sexes you know like women tend to be more emotional and they want that connection before sex a man is physical like you just go around naked like this already ready meanwhile you can see i mean for most women like you can be right there in front of you but if you're not in the mood you're not in the mood so um this is a question that i'll try and break down into bits one of the major problems we have as human beings is they have tried to put us in a box by saying women are emotional men are logical i want to debunk that today mm-hmm. my opinion and this is me so when the women are emotional i am too i am the two and i go back to the scripture he created them man male and female So sometimes when people are say I am a female man there's a species of man in me and I am and I'm see and I'm not trying to be quoting scriptures but when God is saying that I am joined as with Christ still debunking the fact that people have put us in a box and we have sort of enjoyed the lie and we have become that lie over the years mm. if you are saying that I am a sister of Jesus Christ Jesus Christ was tempted in every way. That means he was man, he was he, he felt Jesus Christ wept. He was emotional. Jesus Christ had compassion. So are you saying it wasn't logical when he entered into the temple and he saw that people were 
were were doing market runs in the temple. What did he do? Flip the table. He wore the cap of being logical and <laughs> dropped them out. When they came to him to say, "Come and pay tax," he sent Peter to the sea. That is being logical. Was Jesus emotional? Yes. Was it a logical being? Yes. So where is why are you putting him in a box? Can women be logical? Yes. Can women be emotional? Yes. Same goes with men. So how do we then balance it? First, I want you to throw away whatever it is they might have told you about sex, which is why they will wake a woman up to have sex and she will say she's tired because the first thing you know about sex in your mind is that sex is work. Hello, how are you? Sex is not work. True. See, if you can if you can wake up in the morning and say to yourself, sex is not work. I am a sensual being. I am a sexual being. I can be in the mood like this. Like a man can get in the mood, I can get in the mood. Because I'm not waiting for that man to set me in the mood. I am already in the mood. Because I have spoken to my mind. What controls? You know, Joyce Meyer did a good job by writing the battlefield of the mind. Oh, Please, I am begging you. If you are not taking anything from this episode, take this. Settle everything in your mind. Settle everything in your mind. I'm not going to give excuses to the guys. Do they need to do more? Yes. Just like we women also need to do more. You also can set the tone. You can wear a lingerie. Who says you cannot get petals and candles and get yourself in the mood? Who says you cannot send a text message to say, ah, I remember the last time we make love. I'm having gooses all over my body. Hello? Is that restricted to a man alone? No. But because of what the society has shown to us a couple of times, we are just eating it. But that's not it. Who are you? You know, I always say this. Your identity, knowing who you are. We we cut out a lot of excuses from your life. Ah, they said women do hello. Who said it? It was made from the opinion of others. Can you create your own opinion according mm. to the scriptures? Mm, mm, mm. So if balancing it, it can happen as a guy is switching on when he's seeing you because you are in love with your husband. You have you are you are so pictured him as, as entering here. You are ready wet. You don't need anybody to touch you because your mind is ready to be in the mood with your husband. So it is balanced. So set the truth into your mind. Wow. Wow. You know what? Um let's let's go back to physiology and I'm going to borrow from Darren's word. Darren, if you guys don't remember, she was part of the conference we had yes. today. Yes. And she talked about like there's a pleasure center and it's a well-developed corticolimbic system which is, you know, um a reward pathway in our brain is the dopaminergic, you know, um, pathway in the brain. Um, sex comes with a high, and there's always that reward and the behavior component that's attached to it. So, all of that to just say, sex before you get to the actual bed, sex can be happening in the background, you know, and it's preparing your mind for it. It's like I was, I went to, I traveled to Dallas this past weekend. Before I even go on the road, I was I was thinking about, you know, just how I was gonna make sure I drive in a good, good way, I didn't get any ticket, uh, how many stops will I make, 
and all the accommodations I have to make for the guests I had in my car with me. And I was already anticipating the journey before the journey itself. And so that thing you just said right now about just, I guess, preparing our mind and challenging us not to be confirmed to stereotypes about, you know, women yes. things that work. Because think about it, when you actually get it done, in the act of it, it's beautiful. It's, it feels like, I was like, ah, all the stress before this, I like, yeah, you know, forgetting all the time, but it's even before the time that it just feels like, ah, uh, you know, another thing to like get done today and it becomes like a chore. I think, mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm speaking to myself, it's having that switch in our mindset that, no, like this is a time for us to actually have our fellowship. And he's bringing himself, you know, to me and I'm bringing myself to him and together we can, you know, make that happen. So thanks for that reminder. It's very, very humbling to hear that. So I guess the next question would be this, you know, are there specific forms of sexual practices that God frowns upon? Some churches have strict rules for how their members should practice sex. So um, I used to go to MFM and I do... Are you serious? Yes, I know it comes as a surprise to you. I was in MFM for about, uh, let me say, six, seven years. Uh, my mom... Um, we were in first square and she made us go to first um, MFM. I was a first square. <laughs> yeah. Nice, that's a first Oh, nice, nice. It was simple. So for those that don't know about MFM, MFM is an ultra conservative religious um, um, church in Nigeria, and they are known for their deliverance ministry. They, are, they have a ministry dedicated to deliverance. So <laughs> there was one time I heard a, a pastor preach. I'm not sure it was you know um, Dio Pastor Dio Luka, who is the overseer or one of the pastors. And he said, if God wanted you to give your spouse a blowjob, he would have put the penis, you know, on the forehead. Something like that, like external, like. <laughs> and, uh, and so I was probably in my, I was in my, in my teens and I wasn't married. So that stayed with me like, oh, okay. If the first time I'm hearing about sex in a, in a church like this was by blowjob. And he talked about how it, the way, the, the way it was conveyed, like it was dirty and your mouth is not supposed to like go near that part. And of course, I haven't been married. I don't believe that at all, you know. But I'm just curious to know, like, what's your take on churches? Especially when they said, like, what should happen in the bad in the bedroom between men and women? Okay, so um, let me put this out there. I hope it will not be used against me. I'm going to read from one of my books here. So please, just bear with me. God has a fantastic formula for your sex life. So I would say that great lovemaking is not for immature and unskilled people. So there's this formula. It said an intimate marriage plus mature lovers equals a fulfilling sex life. What you guys are comfortable with, hmm? please do. I give you a scenario. The Bible says that um, I've given you life and death. I'm presenting you to life and death. He said, choose. John 3, 16 said, for God so loved the world. You know, God could have said, you know, everybody be born again. But he gave us a free will. My question is, why do you want to box people into saying it's only missionary style? Or which other style is very conservative? It's missionary. Missionary, that's the only one. That's the only and yeah. so people cannot imagine a woman on top, us riding. They can't even think about reverse, it. Reverse cowboy. Ah, 
Ah, uh, you bet exactly. Or you're thinking of 69, or you're doing spooning. They're like, oh, what's that? The only thing I will ask you not to do something that will injure your spouse, oh, yeah. something that your spouse is not comfortable with. For something Jesus, you to, are not comfortable with too. Uh, yes, and you are not comfortable with. I'm not sure anybody is comfortable with being naked in front of a man if you are not married to the person. But when you are married, there's some things you learn. So I say, don't be stuck in your mind. Don't be stuck in your imagination. If it's something you've not done before, and you guys have spoken about it, and the Holy Spirit is not convicting you, there are some convictions based on what people have said. Your own personal relationship with God. <laughs> Why are you smiling? What is he saying to you? So I'm, 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 I'm a bit like, uh, how can I? So they've told us about um, we've gone for premarital counseling. For instance, we are still even in the first year, second year of being married. They're still counseling you, so they still want to tell me how to make love to my husband. I should just lie down and then we finish and then we get up. I don't think it's okay. Go on now, no. Go on. You have a relationship with God. One of the, and I'm going to digress, one of the issues we've been having is because we've been spoon-feeding people on don't do this, don't do that. Let that person find God for himself or herself. So I, I said to my teenagers, the fact that you come to church does not make you a Christian. Because sometimes if you don't come to church, you know, your parents can punish you. But yeah. do you have a personal relationship with God? Have you come to the knowing of Christ? Is your encounter with God and your personal conviction that moves you into a better relationship with God? Not what people have said. It's what you have found out for yourself. One of the reasons why I'm very passionate about sex is because of the revelation I have had. So what I try to do is try and pass it on and allow the Holy Spirit convict you on what I'm teaching. Do you understand? So, as in, my head is still trying to understand what you are saying because I don't think it's okay. Job personally. You know, so there are clear things the Bible said, don't do this. You know, don't be, homosexuality is very clear in the Old Testament. Yeah. There's no style of sex that is written in the Bible. Did you know? Or have you I know, I know. No, even if look at skins, look at um, Songs of Solomon. That, I was ah. going there. Your breasts are like that's uh, like PG, PG exactly. So if you want right me to, to bring out the kind of styles that Song of Solomon did almost yapao. Yeah, and it goes back wow. to those senses he talked about. He talked about the taste, the smell, the touch. Uh-uh. I mean he was he all over her. He was uh, all over her. Like. All over. My so you cannot be all over just by missionary style. Can be all over <laughs> by other things. Yeah, um I'm just we, saying. we will take it back and say that. You know, explore yourselves. And there was this book that we got when we were newlywed. It was called Sheet Music. And the way they described it was think of it like before you set up an orchestra, you have to like find two all the instruments. So yeah. they will sound really bad. But as time goes on, when you learn to trust the group, the violinists will be doing their thing, you know, the pianists will be doing their thing. And together you create like a symphony. The beginning might be very awkward because you're trying to shed yourself of that consciousness. Let's be very real. Sometimes you feel very self-conscious. The Bible is very clear as to the importance of sex, but it leaves a lot of room to your imagination. So whatever you feel safe, whatever you feel comfortable with, whatever you feel acceptable in your marriage, as long as you're doing it together and it's something that adds towards that mission. We already know what the goal is, what the outcome should be. 
you know, worship, a form of worship. So whatever is holy, whatever is, and you can define that within your sex um, mm. practices with your spouse. Mm. Um, I, I agree with her in that I don't think the church has, you know, that I want to say right to determine what goes on on the bed, on the marriage bed. Let couples find out what works for them. And mm. don't say you want to watch, you know, pornography or, you know, bring somebody else, come and watch and see, you know, still let's be very, mm-hmm. I guess, guided. And yeah. the Holy Spirit is also a very good teacher. You'll be amazed. I'm like, wait, how did you, where did you learn that from? Like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, it just came to me. <laughs> so rely on the Holy Spirit. He's, he's very yes. good at, you know, equipping all of that. Um, and I guess another question I, I would like to ask for you to round us up is this is we know that a lot of, I think the mistake, I have found that a lot of us church girls do is that, you know, once you keep your virginity, then, you know, that thing of pride, you know, like I've kept myself, then God is going to give me this awesome sex life. And even the, the inverse of that is that, say, for example, a woman that is, you know, she, she's had sexual ex- experience before marriage and marries somebody that is like, you know, a virgin. And the husband doesn't even know that, okay, I'm supposed to help my wife get to her satisfaction. Well, as long as I've come now, it should be the husband is the head, right? We've all come together. And the woman, she knows that this is not even compared to the, you know, the long list of experience I've had. And of course, that leads to sexual frustration. And so how I thought, I, like, can you just speak to that space of virginity and how it's not guaranteed to always give you a fulfilling sex life or even... For those that um, get married, someone that is quite experienced, and they're also finding it very difficult to like satisfy their partners. I was hoping that the issue of virginity will not come up. Why not? I, I was fighting more, but it doesn't we cannot talk about it. <laughs> I just feel that um, <laughs> it has been overflowed. Yeah, the essence has been watered down. Oh. So people now say I'm a virgin because it's a trend. Like people say I'm born again because it's like a, a trend, you know. <laughs> Let me say this. Virginity does not guarantee you make heaven. So if it cannot guarantee you make heaven, don't think it will guarantee a great sex life. One of the reasons why you're keeping virginity is for yourself. Please, let, let's not get it twisted. Ah, oh, you keep yourself. If I, hello, you keep yourself because you have a conviction. Going back to where we are coming from, a personal relationship with God. You have read in the scriptures. God has spoken to you. Your body is a temple of God. You know, you don't do it anyhow. You lay down your body as a sacrifice unto God, which is Mm. one of the reasons why you kept yourself. So, hello, my sister. Don't think in your mind that because you kept yourself, automatically your sex life will will be heavenly. Hello? Slap yourself into reality. Sex is an activity. Sex is a skill you have to learn. Still boils down to your mind. I, I can't overflog mind though. I can't overemphasize being intentional. Like you learn how to cook. 
you put different if it's a dikaipon, you know what the ingredients to put together. If it's a good soup, my brother, yeah, you know how to put it together. My sister, it's like a boiling jam for for to eat. It's different for boiling jam to pound to pound. Boiling jam to pound, you put salt. You know the right ingredients. That is what love making and sex is all about in marriage. It is not dependent on whether you are virgin or not. I balance it. I think in the first episode we mentioned something about you being a student of your spouse. You be the teacher of your own body, but be a student of your spouse's body. Know what tickles and fancy. Know, know his fantasy. Know what is imagining communication. So all these ingredients I'm talking about is what we guarantee you a good sex life. So peradventure, my sister, you are married to a novice. You are married to a brother that kept himself. Follow for her. Follow for her. Clap for the brother. Don't let him, ah, ah. Brother, you're trying. The Lord will help you. The Lord will sustain you. Because, and so, what you would have done before you guys got married was you would have read books. You would have maybe spoken to a counselor to say, okay, so what do I, what do, I do? I was opportunity to speak to one of my friends that got married as a virgin as a guy. And mm-hmm. because he knew that I used to just talk about sex, we could have that conversation because he knows where my heart is. And he knows what my motive is about, and so he was. So I just told him, "Don't just go there and go and disgrace us. Please don't go and fall and become a Christian brother. You know, you have the mind of Christ. You know all things. It's okay for you to bring him up to speed in a nice way to say, ah, oh, you can be better. You can do this better.' Don't go and say, ah, oh, this is how your mate used to do. Hello, this is how not his mate used to do. It's not a mate with anybody. It's in his rate with himself alone. So calm down." and teach and be loving and talk to God about it. Me, I cannot. Mm. There's nothing I can say more. But for your virginity, we guarantee you. Hello, where did you come up with the question? They ask you, ni? They ask you more. It will not guarantee you. You can't guarantee anything. It's just something for yourself. And you, you're honoring God with your virginity. You're not even honoring your husband with that. It's a relationship. Keeping yourself before marriage is a good thing, but don't think that's a ticket to a fantastic life. Married fantastic life, marriage. Married life, you know. Your married life, like, it's almost like a thing of pride. Like, you've kept it. That's your part. God will honor that, but don't think you're going to you. put it on the table and exchange it for everlasting life. If anything, you're going to be in for a lot of shock. But nothing, nothing can, there's nothing that can be taught. There's nothing that can be modified. And expectations can be adjusted accordingly as time goes as time goes on, but I always go back to the place of communication. And you that you have an experience, you can teach your partner, you know, how to get what you want. Like you know, this is how I I like I, I prefer to be. You know, touch. This is how I want to be stimulated. And whether you are brand new or he's brand new, or, you know, you you've had several mileages on you. It doesn't really matter. Like together, you're starting your own journey and. You know, talking to them and, and, and adjusting. I think, so, you're right. The issue of virginity has been overflowed. Whether you're a virgin or not, or whether you guys are brand new or not, it still goes back to communication and being open and don't let pride, you know, um, coming coming to maybe between both of you and drive a wedge yeah. as far as, yeah. you know, maximizing that. So we've talked a lot about so many things today. We've talked about um, just the biblical perspective and we really focused on um, God's view on sex 
and are there specific forms of sexual practice that God frowns upon? And we know that the answer is no. And how virginity does not promise a blissful sex life in marriage. Subsequently, the episode will be the subsequent episodes that we're going to be exploring more intimate things will be premium. So, but check out the website www.mosibyl.com. That is mosibyl.com. We are going to be talking about male sexual needs, female sexual needs, practical tips to invest in your conjugal experience, parenting and sex education, how to set fire in your bedroom again, and why you need a sex therapist. So, all this kind of thing. I mean, for you to like hear this, you have to like be invested in it because just want to. We know that we have to like do free stuff, which I don't mind doing. The podcast is always free, but we know that the quality behind this thing. And the preparation that it takes, it requires some form of commitment. So if you'd like to be committed to that, check out the details on the website on how to pay for the for the remaining episodes. But Yinka, I want to thank you so much for today. Thanks you for you know, coming on the show. You're always on fire. Always, always yeah. on fire. Which I like, you know. I'm and like the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Yeah. <laughs> thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for all the many reminders. And I think one of the things I would take out of this is our mind. Sex yes. is not work. It shouldn't be work. Even if you are, if not unless you are, unless you're like you're really, really, really sick, there's hardly any. And I'm speaking to myself because it go hard. There's hardly any excuse you can say. Oh, I, don't, I don't feel like doing it. You know, it should be something you should look forward to. And so, if it's not exciting to you, find out why. Ask God to help you. Ask for the root really cause. Ask for yeah. the root cause. Get root to the root and deal with it. And we will still talk about the place of trauma and past sexual abuse. Especially, you know, um, not just, you know, as an adult, but like child abuse as well. And just how that also can have a huge impact on, you know, your conjugal experience. So this is why, you see, we, we know that this issue of sex is going to take uh, several pages, which are willing to unpack and, you know, unfurl and open and close. But, you know, we hope you stick with, with us to the very end. So this has been just the conclusion of episode two. Don't forget to check out episode one and two. They are freely available. But from now on, we will be making this premium. Um, you can find Yinka on Instagram as at Erotas Lounge. And we'll That's put all of that information on um, the website. And thank you guys. And thank you so much, Yinka. <laughs> and catch you guys on another episode of the Merciful Podcast. Hey listeners, this has been another episode of the Morsible Podcast. What do you think about today's episode? Do you have a question or feedback you'd love to provide? A suggestion for a future guest? We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram at Morsible or email us at talktomo at morsible.com. Your suggestion might just end up being featured on a future episode of the podcast. Cannot wait to hear back from you. Do visit our official website at www.mosibyl.com. That is www.mosibyl.com where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and amazing guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Leave us a rating or review as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and reaching more amazing listeners like you. We always appreciate your support. Thank you for always listening.